Razorback basketball opens up with a nice victory over North Dakota State, even without Nick Smith. We'll give some reactions to that. Why you should reelect some of the Hogs, especially the Hog coaches, this upcoming election and a home night game in Fayetteville against an SEC opponent. Who would have guessed? We'll talk about it all here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head over to Bet Online where the game starts. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Tuesday, as you can tell by my sweet attire here. Uh, I am uh, up for election, you know, and, and getting and getting excited about that. So, uh, but don't worry, we're not going to talk politics or anything on that. We're just going to have fun with it today. But we'll talk about that in the next segment. Uh, but still, I, I wanted to at least start off with the, uh, you know, podcast yesterday was kind of not doom and gloom, but. It's not as fun as I would like podcasts to be just because of the football team and the disappointment that came along with it and uh, everything that came along with the performance against Liberty on Saturday and the, and the future and everything. But uh, basketball, though, officially started last night, which was much needed. And Arkansas was able to once again get a victory at home. I believe that is their undefeated in home openers since Bud Walton Arena opened back in 1993. So. 30-0, and 0, I think, 29-0, 30-0, somewhere around there. So pretty good. But Arkansas kept that going last night as they defeat North Dakota State by a final score of 76-58. to 58. And honestly, this was a game that, you know, we're still trying to figure out this team. You know, we're still trying to figure out what this team's about and, you know, are, are they good? How are they work in progress? You know, what do we need to expect from them and everything? And uh, we'll get to our thoughts uh, and some of the, the reaction from it, too. But Eric Musselman, of course, met with the media after the game. And uh, here's what he had to say about the performance of the Razorbacks and where he thought, thought that they were good and not so good. I guess just what are your overall thoughts on the game, just the situation of, of struggling against Texas coming into this one without one of your better players and just the way the team performed in the opener? Yeah, I mean, I thought we played really well. I mean, when you, when you think about um, defensively, uh, you know, holding North Dakota State to, to 30% in the first half uh, from the field and, and then overall 33% shooting. We had a goal of trying to hold them to five threes or less. That was written on the board. It was talked about all week. So I thought we did a really good job defending the three. Um, you know, need to need to get a lot better defending the star player and them to understand um, how – successful we've been over three years of defending uh the other team's best player so um area of concern uh you know i thought nelson in the second half got 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 going he's a really talented offensive player he's got an incredibly bright future um and we couldn't we couldn't stop him in the second half and so we've got to do a better job of understanding when we play against a star to try to shrink the floor and dig a little bit better um because I thought Nelson was, I mean, he was really, really good offensively for them. So obviously, uh, Eric Musselman thought that uh, some of the things that they did defensively were pretty good, especially guarding the three, which we knew last year, man, especially at the beginning of the year, guarding the three was a major problem. 
And Arkansas did a really good job because North Dakota State is a team that likes to shoot threes. And uh, obviously, when Arkansas went up against teams like that last year, there were times that it didn't go very well for them. But uh, overall, listen, you had a really great performance out of Ricky Council. He had 22 points in this game, 9 of 14 from the field. Played 36 minutes. He played the most minutes of any player. Well, I guess him and uh, Devo Davis both uh, played uh, played a lot of minutes. But Trevin Brazil was also great. He had 21 points in this on 7 of 14 shooting. Uh, and so he, he had a double-double, 21 and 12. So that was really great to see. Only two turnovers. So that's that's good for considering how much he had, had the ball in his hand. But you uh, also had 18 points for Devo who had six rebounds in this game too, but five turnovers, way, way too many turnovers. In fact, Arkansas as a team only had 11 turnovers, but Devo Davis had half of them. So that needs to that needs to get cleaned up. But here's the thing. I, I was looking at the game last night and, and watching it, and honestly, that went about what I expected because there was the things that you wanted to see. You knew that against Texas in an exhibition game, which I think is going to be the best thing that ever happened to this team. I think Eric Musselman understands it too where he that's why he scheduled it because he wanted to go down there and show hey you guys got a lot of work to do we are not there yet you may be high and mighty and getting all these predictions and stuff but you're not there yet and so i think that that has made them practice a little bit better according to eric musselman as well but overall i thought that this team and the offense in the first half struggled you know they, they didn't have really any rhythm any flow uh it's not that they were taking bad shots or anything like that it's just they, they couldn't make layups at an effective rate, which was really frustrating. Uh, they, uh, they, they just, it was just not, not what you needed to be. But the one thing, though, that I did really enjoy from this team is their defense. They, they got the defense going. They were able to uh, get a, a bunch of steals in this game. Uh, they ended up with 11 steals. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Three of them by Makai Mitchell, three of them by Anthony Black, two by Devo. So really being uh, being frustrating there defensively for North Dakota State. You also had uh, a good rebounding game. They had 40 rebounds in this game. They out-rebounded uh, North Dakota State in that regard. You know, that, that was the type of thing. And also, they didn't take a lot of threes, which is what I like to see because they are not a great three-point shooting team, but they shot four of ten. That's awesome. Like, now, granted, three of those threes came from Trevin Brazil and the other one from Ricky Council, but still – that's kind of what this team is going to be made of. And this was all without Nick Smith. Like they, they would just try to attack the basket, try to get to the foul line, try to be ultra aggressive. And I think they did a really good job with that. And I think that that's something that's going to grow. But at this point in time in the season, you know, people are going to look at the, uh, the, the way that this team played in this particular game and say, well, I, I don't know about this. I don't know if I like this, this, the, you know, I don't like this part of it. The offense, the three-point shooting, well, all this. But here's my take on it, and maybe it's just my silver linings. Maybe it's just my glass half-full type of thing. But without Nick Smith and the fact that the defense seems to be playing or at least a little further along than the offense at the beginning of the season is a great sign. It is a fantastic sign. And the reason being is because if you were to choose a team that had a lot of newcomers, a lot of new faces, but a lot of talent, and in the beginning of the year, if you were to choose a team that had a, an incredible offense and a bad defense or struggling defense or an incredible defense and a you know bad uh, offense, struggling offense, however you want to put it, if you were to choose between those two, I'm taking a good defense at this point in time of the year every time because the offense will come along. These are really talented players. 
once they get to the flow of the offense, the rhythm and all that, that'll come along. But if you're telling me that this team is already playing really good defense, guarding the perimeter, making them earn every single basket in the first game of the season, and granted, it's just one game. But if they're already doing those things and really getting after it defensively, that's something that I feel like is going to stay. It's going to stick. And anytime that the defense is able to play at a high level, you're going to be in every game every time. That's what happened last year. Arkansas last year was not a good offensive team. Yeah, J.D. Note and Jalen Williams were really the only two true offensive threats that were pretty consistent. Sometimes you'd have Stanley Amude step up. Sometimes you'd have somebody else. But at the end of the day, you only really had two players that would be counted on to get into double figures each and every game. Defense is what made that team so good last year. Aldis Tony and his what just absolute smothering defense against some of the best players in the country is what made that team tick. Even in the previous year, you know, when they made their first Elite Eight run, you had Moses Moody. He was the true threat and a great player now playing in the NBA. Like, he was incredible. You had some other guys that and other pieces there that were helpful as well, but it was the defense that made the difference. And so I just look at this and look at this performance from last night and say, I love what this team is potentially going to be. They got stuff they have to work on. There's no question. A lot of things. And Eric Musselman even broke down some of the things that, he liked and that he didn't like and everything. But I just believe that with the athleticism of this team, with the length and the size of this team, with the drive and the termination of this team, the talent of this team and the coaching on this team, those are the things that once it gets down to the nitty gritty into late January, where you got to really turn on your best play, I think they're going to be ready. If right now is the worst we're going to see Arkansas, which I believe it is, then we're going to be in for a great show. This was all without their best player, Nick Smith. Like once he, we don't know the extent of his injury. We know that Eric Musselman said in the press conference, he didn't go into detail. It's something to do with the knee. They say it's precautionary. They haven't given a timetable of his return, but people think that it's not going to be very long. And honestly, you shouldn't need Nick Smith to win these first few games before you get ready for Maui. So my guess this is my reckless assumption. I have no evidence of it or anything, but I would guess that Nick Smith will not play for the first three games, but then when they go to Maui, that's when he'll take the floor. That's my reckless assumption. Um, so, But he, still, you should be able to win these games even without Nick Smith. But the defense looked really good. The athleticism, the dunks. I mean, this might be the most athletic team I've seen Arkansas have, maybe in at least my lifetime. Uh, I mean, you've had some athletes, but uh, guys like Trevin Brazil to seem to be a type of player that can do it all. Ricky Council's got just incredible flair on dunks. I mean, he had a behind-the-back dunk, reverse dunk that was just awesome. I mean, they have so much going for them. All they have to do is figure out the flow, the chemistry, and the offensive roles that they're going to play. And, th I mean, again, the, the ceiling is through the roof. You know, not just the roof, as Michael Jordan say, through the roof. So, I really liked what I saw last night. Again, it, it's not – Come without struggles and everything, but without their best player, still trying to figure each other out. You win by 18 points. I'm going to take that all day long. So we'll see if they can continue to build from it. But uh, I like what I see. And it's exciting to have Razorback basketball back. And shout out to the crowd in the student section was awesome last night, too. That was that was pretty impressive. So hopefully they keep that going. Uh, folks, our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment along Locked On College Network called Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play 
from the Razorbacks weekend's game or throughout the history of our alma mater. Well, last weekend wasn't too great for highlights, but I will say that with Arkansas playing LSU this upcoming weekend, we know some of the most epic and great moments that have happened in this, quote, rivalry game, battle for the golden boot. And honestly, at least in the modern era, it all started with one particular moment down at War Memorial Stadium where you had the miracle on Markham for Arkansas to win the game, come from behind, take care of business, and end up going to the SEC championship game. So take it away for us, Mr. Paul Eels. Owens, back of the shotgun, the line of scrimmage, the 31-yard line of LSU. There's the snap. Jones looking. Jones now throwing to the end zone, and it is What a ball game. Come from behind to beat LSU 21-20. It is Atlanta Bound, folks, for the Western Division Championship for Houston Nutt and Arkansas. you got to love this. And the coaches, two, two, uh, two, uh, boost down, so they're celebrating all the way. And this is exciting. Houston Nutt is now 14-0 in the hole. You're listening to the Arkansas Razorbacks Sports Network. Thank goodness for HD cameras these days. That's all, all I can say. But what a thrilling moment. One of the best moments in Arkansas and LSU history. And hopefully it goes Arkansas's way as uh, they will take on the LSU Tigers this weekend. The segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. So pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available online now at NissanUSA.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. As you can tell, as I mentioned, my American flag shirt that I'm wearing today, it's my cutoff. It's it's very, uh, very patriotic because I love my country. And we know that today is election day, and we're not talking politics. We're not going to do anything like that because, hey, listen, save that for other people's videos and comments. I'm just going to look at it in a Razorback perspective and reelecting all the Arkansas coaches that are on the Hill and the athletic directors and some of the things that have been going on. And it's basically where I look at it into the extent of, are you happy with the current situation and the current direction of the Arkansas athletic program in general, specific sports and everything? Are you happy? Are you satisfied? If you had to go and cast your vote, in order to vote for the incumbents there at the University of Arkansas with all the coaches and all the administration, would you do it? Honestly, I think you would, for the most part. Now, there may be a few little complaints here and there. Maybe some of you don't like uh, the, the stadium atmospheres with the music that plays. I'm not talking about that stuff. That's small potatoes. We're talking about the real thing, about the coaches, about Sam Pittman, about Eric Musselman, about Dave Van Horn, about Mike Neighbors about Jordan Weaver, about Courtney Dyfel, about Hunter Yurichek, about all of the people involved with the Arkansas Athletic Program, would you reelect them if you had to cast your vote? And honestly, I would. Every one of them. There's not a single coach 
that is at the University of Arkansas right now, head coach that is, that I would have any issue walking to the ballots and casting my vote for. Because I believe that the direction that each and every one of them are going are the right direction. Now, that doesn't mean that everything's perfect. doesn't mean that frustrations don't happen. Look at the football team right now. doesn't even mean that criticisms can get thrown their way. But what it does mean is that you have such a healthy, satisfying culture that has been created by, in part, to Hunter Yurichek, but also in part by winning and success and support that these coaches have and deserve that everybody wants to move forward with it. I, I have said this so many times about Razorback fans. And because I'm one of them, some people may say that it's just me, a homer talking in me or whatever. But I have said from the beginning of time that the Arkansas Razorback fan base is one of the best fan bases in all of college sports. And now a lot of people say that about it, but hear me out in this. There are very few major college football program or college sports programs in general that'll be able to show up and support winning programs in droves like Arkansas. There are programs out there that have all the football fans that they can have, 100,000 fans in the stands every game, money been thrown in, high-level success. And you know what? I'm jealous of it. I wish that Arkansas was able to put together a 100,000-seat stadium and fill it every Saturday and be a number one team in the country at times. Like I wish that was the case, and that's what I strive for, and maybe one day it'll happen. But those other programs have a bad basketball program or baseball program, or softball program, or whatever program. They just don't have it in droves across the board. And even if they do, even if they're good at it, they don't have fan-based support that shows out and provides that support that they desperately need. Now, so again, not every program's like that, but a lot of them are. But the thing and the unique thing about Arkansas is that no matter what the program is, if you are winning and you are fun, and you are entertaining. People are going to show up. The Razorback softball program is one of my favorite examples. It was trash for a few years. There was a year, I think they won two SEC games in two years. And for some reason, I think it was against the same team, like Auburn, maybe South Carolina. But anyways, they were, they were awful. It was like bottom of the barrel. And then Courtney Diefel came in and energized the program into making them one of the best ones in the SEC and look at Bogle Park. Look at when people go to those games and watch them play. It's an incredible place to play, by the way. But also the fans are showing out. They're energized. And they love watching their Razorbacks. Because they provide entertainment. They provide a good product. And the Razorback fans will support it. Same thing with gymnastics. I mean, we know about the major sports. Arkansas fans are always going to support those. But even the sports that are non-revenue generating sports, if you're great at it, if you're entertaining, if you're providing reasons for people to show up, they are going to show up. And to me, that's when you know you have something healthy going on. And that's when you know that you have the full-fledged support of the Razorback faithful, that they believe in you. They believe the direction that you're taking it, and they want you to continue to take it in that direction. I would reelect every one of them because right now this is about as healthy of a program as you will find anywhere, anywhere 
look across the SEC. I would love to do a polling of all the SEC fan bases and how they feel about every sport in the direction that they're going. And I promise you, every program is going to have a major concern or a major gripe about at least one. But you as a Razorback fan, do you have any? Again, I'm not saying it's perfect. But are you looking at it and say, this is a disaster. We got to get this change. We got to get this person out. This is bad. No. And if you are, I got major questions for you. But will you reelect your Razorback faithful, your Razorback coaches, to continue the job for another term? I know I am. Vote Razorback today and all that such and such thing. Whatever. <laughs> BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, sports news, and analysis. You can get all the latest trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find all those at BetOnline as well. We're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting for, uh, sports fix. So head to the website or use your mobile device today to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so final segment of the Lock on Razorbacks podcast. I cannot believe it. I don't know if hell has frozen over. I don't know if uh, the football gods were just, you know, taking a break for, and forgot about Arkansas, whatever it is. But for all that is holy, Arkansas, for the first time since 2020, which was the COVID year. So if you go before that, the first time since 2018. The Arkansas Razorback football team will be having a night game in Fayetteville against an SEC opponent, and that opponent will be the Ole Miss Rebels. Now, it's kind of weird because it's been the Arkansas that uh, selection has been for a six day window option. So we got to wait for TV network and game time announcements and all that stuff. But it's either going to be at 6 p.m. on ESPN or 6 30 on the SEC network. Either way, it is a night game. I, it's like, wow. The SEC realized, I guess they found out, they're like, oh, man, they actually have lights there at Fayetteville? Oh, well, we sorry, we didn't know that. Let's uh, let's do a game there. Let's let's have some night games. Let's have some uh, some fun there, too. I cannot wait for this. I don't care if Arkansas, you know, even if Arkansas loses to LSU or whatever, I'm still excited for this game because night games in the SEC are fun. It's going to be cold. I know it's a little far along in the forecast, but it looks like it's going to be like in the 50s, like truly cold weather. I cannot wait. I'm so excited for it. I think it's going to be still a great atmosphere. I think fans are going to show up because they love night games no matter what. Uh, I'm going to be doing a gumbo tailgate with my with my crew. I can't wait for that because gumbo tailgates are always so much fun. Stop on by, though, if you get a chance. Lot 44 right there in the pit. Uh, we'll have the, the six flags hanging up there So if you want to check it out. But either way, I, I, I'm pumped by this. and I'm so happy that they finally did this. I'm surprised that they did it. I thought that they were going to try to screw Arkansas over at every turn. But surprisingly, they didn't. So, whoop pig, right? Night game in Fayetteville against Ole Miss. Can't wait to see all of you there. And appreciate everyone listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you.